This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ellie George with HomeQuest Realty. If you're in the market for a home in Southern Oregon or thinking of selling your home, I've been working with Ellie George with her marketing and can testify that she is a true pro in the industry. She has an amazing passion for real estate. She's been practicing for over 16 years, sells over 120 homes a year, which is absolutely nuts compared to the average agent only selling about eight. When it comes to marketing, I've seen her go the extra mile to make sure her homes stand out and capture eyes nationwide and to net the sellers way more money in the end. She and I work together a lot on her higher end homes, creating videos that beautifully and thoroughly showcase the spaces, and I've absolutely loved working with her. Mention the Ambitious Podcast and get a no-cost, low-pressure consultation. She'll help you with your real estate portfolio, whether it's your first home, investment, move up, or you just want to be constantly aware of your equity position. She's definitely who I would trust for my real estate advisor. This episode is brought to you by Artifacts Fine Jewelry. If you haven't found unique jewelry and fine art in Southern Oregon, then you owe it to yourself to take that short drive to Ashland that you can witness for yourself what Artifacts Fine Jewelry has to offer. They're a full-service jewelry store, the type that you typically don't see anymore. It's really unique in there. They have a men's ring selection like you've never seen. They can custom make any ring or custom piece of jewelry that you can imagine. And with those custom projects, they offer videography so that you can see that ring all the way from conception to the wax process to the carving process to the very finished piece. Super, super nice. And I do that videography. Come into Artifacts and mention the Ambitious Podcast and get 10% off of your jewelry purchase. Welcome to another episode of Ambitious. The following is a conversation with my friend Safa Qureshi. We go into her trauma and a little bit about her family, her childhood upbringing. Trigger warning for all of you who care about trigger warnings. There's some detailed uh, conversation about family dynamics that are difficult and uh, challenging to navigate. If you're interested in following her, you can find her on all the social platforms at Silver Key Creations. And you can also find her podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's called My Positive Pocket. You're very positive and like bubbly. I you know. have incredible fluctuation in your voice. Oh, and- yeah, I actually. <laughs> <laughs> Ambitious. Oh, it's recording? Yeah, we're just diving in. Oh, okay, cool. Do you want to do a quick intro? Let the listeners know who you are. Uh, sure. Um, okay. So my name is Safa Qureshi and I am a fine artist. I live in Talent, Oregon. Are a lot of your listeners uh, local? They are. A lot of, a lot of them are in Utah really? and then a lot of, most of them are in Oregon. Oh, cause you were in Utah before? Yeah. When I was married, oh. I lived in Utah for like 10 years or something. Oh, yeah. Well, that's cool. But I'm from here. Nice. My whole family is here. Oh, so you were born here and then you moved there and then you came back? Well, I was born in Sacramento, California. Oh. Me and my sister. And then my parents moved when I was like a year and a half. So I don't oh. remember it at all. And I then see. we moved to Oregon. So Oregon's kind of my home. Uh-huh. And I've always just claimed it as home. But then we kind of moved like to like... Like Ashland area? Yeah, Ashland. I oh. went to Bellevue Elementary and then Ashland Middle. Moved away <clears throat> to Vegas wait what yeah my dad he got a job in vegas for a little while so we lived there for like two years or a year or something year and a half i did seventh and eighth grade there and then high school we moved back to oregon but on the coast like coos bay coquille area north bend lived there for all of high school 
And then I went on uh, my LDS mission, my Mormon mission to Arizona Yeah, you know, I just learned what that is from your episode. The (laughs) first time I had ever heard the word mission was my neighbor. He said it and he's like, I did a mission in like the Netherlands or something. I'm like, a mission. I bet that's some sort of religious thing that I'm supposed to know about. And then I listened to your episode and I was like, oh, yeah. now I know. Yep, just on the Lord's errand for two years. Sounds really epic. Came back home to Oregon for like a second and then went to Utah for like a year, got married, and then was there for the next, I don't know, some odd years. Then moved to Portland for like a a couple months, maybe like a a year, I guess, with my ex-wife. You've moved a lot. And then back to Utah, lived there for a couple more years, did firefighting for a while, and then got divorced and moved back to Oregon two years ago. And then you got married and then you got divorced again? No, I'm, I've am i only been married once. Oh. So currently divorced, but I have a girlfriend that I live with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I got it now. There's my life in a nutshell. Uh, yeah. I knew a lot of that, but I don't think I knew the order. Um, You've been like kind of binging my podcast, yeah? I have. I have, <laughs> which is really odd because I've been like on a streak of just listening to I love technically it. educational ones like about like business or marketing or something but then i just like found this one i don't like ever listen to these kind of podcasts mm-hmm. now at first i was like cringing a little but then i was just like nope i'm listening to the whole thing now um were, just, were any of my episodes cringy no it was just like <laughs> like I guess I was just cringing like my vegan self. You're like, oh, I'm going to get, you know, you're talking about like pizza toppings. And I'm like, I'm not listening to this. Um, <laughs> I'm like, not listening to this. And then you're just talking about like Coke and stuff. I'm like, no, this is not my jam. But then I came back to it and then I got obsessed and then I just kept nice. on listening. And then it was like really cool because like I live so close to you. And then, mm-hmm. like, I just, like, accidentally go to places that you just, like, have been. And I'm like, oh, that was in the episode. Or you just met my dad the other day. I kn- oh, actually, I knew him because he lives right by me. Oh, nice. Yeah, Same he lives right by Yeah. Like, oh, cool. I know where he lives. Nice. Um, I met him once right after the fire. But then we just didn't really meet because he... You know, he saved the neighborhood, apparently. So he's the guy who saved the neighborhood. He's the guy. He was there all night with a hose. I knew there was someone. I didn't know it was him. Yeah, it was him. They, like, want to put a plaque of yeah, him. Yeah, no, his name I know. Somewhere. Our neighborhood is, like, family. Like, we have, like, text messages and, like, stuff. Wait, so you're vegan. Is that for a religious reason or is that just no, a personal choice? that's just me. My parents are not. I was not born vegan. I became vegan. I became vegetarian. When I was in ten, no, I became vegetarian when I was like in eighth grade, um, and I had wanted to become vegetarian since the moment I figured the chicken on the stove was the same chicken in the petting zoo when I was in kindergarten. And I was like, "That's a problem." And then, like, my mom's like, "Oh, we're gonna have like goat, whatever," and I'm like, <gasps> "And my like childhood was ruined." I was like, "Oh my goodness, they're all dead animals. I can't do this anymore." <laughs> And they're just like, you know, you're going to die if you don't eat it. You're going to like protein deficient. And um, so I became vegetarian because I was a very stubborn child and I didn't really care what my parents thought. So I became vegetarian. Really? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I cared what they thought. I just didn't agree all the time. And sure. so in eighth grade, I became vegetarian. And then in 10th grade, I learned about the dairy industry and I was like mind blown. I was like, oh, I thought drinking milk, like, I don't know. I guess our culture just normalizes it so much that we just take advantage of another species and 
use their milk to make things that like even an adult cow would never drink i don't know yeah it's really weird we just like normalized it so much so then that became a problem then became vegan and been vegan ever since and now i'm like well thanks for coming back to my episodes anyway yeah no i came back (laughs) because i i don't know i guess it was kind of cool because it was like it was like delving into a storybook of someone else's life but like he he's like lurking around here so it made him more like mysterious and creepy is that what i do is i lurk no but i mean like you're in the same (laughs) area and it's like oh my gosh like that that kid that's his brother i guess we should explain or give some history of how we know each other oh yeah we We barely know each other yeah no we barely know each other i just know more about him than he knows about me because (laughs) of the podcast you've binged the podcast I mean, I've been doing it while I'm painting, so it's not like I'm just... Right, right, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, we did one photo shoot slash video shoot together yeah. at Lithia Park. And it was amazing, and I still haven't written the review yet. Oh, but... that's okay. I need to actually... Yeah, I need to get my Google review thing, like, kind of published and broadcast. You'd be my first review. Yeah, I want to do that. I'm going to stay... Don't broadcast it yet. I'm going to do the <laughs> first review. Um, but yeah, no, that was like really life-changing for me. And really? We were like the perfect photographer. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I was like the week after that, I was like in a just like, I don't know what happened. I didn't get anything done. I just was like in the forest and I was like, I got this cut when I tripped in the forest <laughs> and it was oh, I didn't like, know you cut yourself. yeah, I know. <laughs> um, that was pretty fun. I'm we like, had... I got this splinter on that tree. Uh, no, I don't know. It was like amazing. And I'm like been wanting to do more. Mm-hmm. And then I, I did one on my own and it was very difficult, but um, yeah. yeah. And yeah. But so um, that's how we know each other. Yeah. So let me continue with my introduction. Yes, please do. Um, my name is Safa Qureshi and I'm a fine artist. I live in talent. And, uh, you know, for those of you know, the half of talent that's still there um, after the fire. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm a fine artist. I do like animals and nature and I'm an oil painter, sometimes watercolor, but primarily oils and they're kind of like hyper realistic yet fantasy based you're very talented thank you and you're very extroverted yeah i am (laughs) (laughs) i got a three on the whatever the number personality oh the enneagram thing got a three oh but then you just sent me a personality thing today you were a campaigner that's another thing that's another personality test it's the campaigner like the very very artsy free thinking what's the name of that test 16 personalities oh okay you should take Mm. it man i get so overwhelmed with like the zodiac and then the enneagram and then there's too many of them i know i'm like i need to stop with that stuff i know but this is like legitimate it's not based off of like the stars oh okay what's it it based off of science 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 well what's the enneagram based off of i don't even know psychology psychology <laughs> i don't, I don't it gets kind of science it's like i guess it's psychology but it's like like it's le- it's so legitimate that i've known some counselors who use it um for high schoolers when they're choosing their profession the 16 personality one yeah nice because it really tells you a lot about a lot of things about you like your relationships and your just like what you gravitate to your weaknesses your strengths and yeah interesting stuff it can be helpful a helpful tool to help you get to know yourself and see yourself from a outside perspective 
Yeah, and then you, like, just know yourself better, which is really convenient when you're trying to, like, figure out (laughs) yourself, like, which is, like, the journey of everyone's life for their entire life, just, like, figuring out themselves. Um, But, yeah, I'm a fine artist. I do fantasy stuff. And on the side, um, so, like, I sell my original art occasionally and mainly prints and stuff. Um, You do events, too, like... Oh, that's very new. That's very new. All of a sudden, I've been doing paint parties, and, like, I did one, and I thought, like, it would just, you know, I thought it'd be awesome, but no one would know about it. Mm -hmm. But then everyone knew about it, and it, like, sold out of tickets, and it was huge. So now I'm doing my second one, and I just sold two tickets today. Um, So that's a thing, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I can afford things. (laughs) Um, It's been nice. But yeah, I do that. And then on the other side, I do, I have my own podcast. Um, I love the name of it, by the way. My Positive Pocket. And I, I stole, I mean, I bought the domain name so no one can get a website called My. Smart. I don't think I'm ever going to make it, but I still have it. And I have the Instagram. I'm like, I stole the handle. I mean, I, I didn't steal it. I just, you know. You reserved it. Yes. I was like, that's what you're supposed to do. You have to get all the handles. You yeah, have to smart. Get... Exactly. I don't think I did Facebook. I'll do that before you Put publish Put it on the to-do this, list. Before you publish this episode. <laughs> yeah. I did do Facebook. Um, but yeah, so then I do this positivity stuff. And so uh, this kind of came on the side. It's like. I seem to accidentally make a lot of people happy in their lives um, and, like, alleviate a lot of their stress. And um, I became, like, that friend that people talk to when they feel, like, really, like, the world is caving in. Uh And so I um, started, like, kind of really thinking, like, how I can do more with it. So I made my Oracle cards, and it's, like, basically cards, and it's all about self-love, and it's, like... um, just uh like really really cute positive statements um they're kind of poetic you're very you're very positive and like bubbly you have incredible fluctuation in your voice oh yeah i actually (laughs) (laughs) i actually was just told that because i don't know like someone someone some i have a lot of foreign friends on instagram i don't know why it's like the vegan communities vary all over the place and um, which is really interesting because people I haven't had like a ton of sales, but my sales that I have had have been like Germany, Lithuania. Uh, oh, like so you're doing like international shipping? Yeah, I've, I've for had you. to because all my friends are all over the place um, from Instagram. Yeah. So, yeah. What was I saying? Well, I was going to say that when you first reached out to me, you sent a voice message oh, on Instagram. Boy. And I must have listened to that like at least 15 times. It was just so oh, funny. My fluctuation in my voice. Yeah, I, was, I almost died probably because I was Yeah, like, you almost got hit by a car in the middle of recording the thing. That happens a lot. And then just let it, you just kept, you just sent it anyway. I know, it's usually like my recordings are so like off and all over the place. It's like. But I like that about you. I like that you're very real. Like even though something, like you almost got hit by a car or I'm something. I'm not going to redo you it. You still sent it. Yeah. And that's why I'm like yeah like you're an entrepreneur obviously you're creative which is very similar to me uh-huh. but you're also very different from me in the fact that you're extroverted yeah i am very uh, i mean i, I don't you're think very i'm very medium yeah i'm kind of medium <laughs> and i wanted to bring you on and we talked about this beforehand the topic just because you were like so open and vulnerable yeah i really like that because i've learned um that the times in my life where i've been the most 
uncomfortable have like led to the most growth. And mm-hmm. so I kind of like made it a mission, my mission, to um, <laughs> non-religious <laughs> to mission, my religious Mormon mission, right? Um, that I just learned about. So yeah, I just like seek discomfort because I know it leads to the most growth, and avoiding it will lead to more discomfort in the long run. So you it's can kind philosophy. of run away. Yeah, you can run away from it, or you could just like talk about it. For me, I think it's different. I don't think like everyone should just like talk about their trauma could be it could be really dangerous for some people very but for true. me it's been very healing especially like just talking about it with strangers and like literally anyone because then it just like ingrains in me that it's not something i'm ashamed of well i have a hard time you you're really good at talking to people face to face like strangers i'm really really not so the re- reason i have this podcast is because it's easier for me to be vulnerable and open in the private privacy and comfort of my own home. Yeah. It's very cathartic. And that's like kind of why I have this podcast is to connect with people to talk about my trauma, but also more than that, like I talk about ambitious topics, ambitious topics, (laughs) as you know, (laughs) and yeah. So I like your podcast name. Ambitious. Ambitious. Tasteful. Thank you. <laughs> it's a play off my name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me, uh, I mean, I guess if you want to dive in to your... Sure. So um, I guess I'm going to start with a lot of background information because my family history and everything about my family is very complicated, which like everyone, um, every family is like very complicated, but mine is like especially complicated and we do drama like it's nobody's business. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. Give us the background. Yeah. So I, um, I was born in Texas, so my family is still in Texas and, um, that's where they live and they've lived there for a long time and yeah, they're not going anywhere. So I have two younger siblings. I have two sisters. And um, my parents are both immigrants, and my mother is from Finland, and she's half Finnish, half Russian, and my dad is um, full Pakistani, and so they both moved to the U.S., and they met in the U.S., and um, yeah, my mom was actually an exchange student, Mm. and so yeah, I think she like moved to the U.S., Um, And then she like moved back and then she just came here because she has another very interesting relationship with her family. So she was kind of running away from her family, came here and my dad came here for just like to be a doctor. And I don't know, it's like a really normal thing for like them to go to medical school here. Mm -hmm. Um, He did that in Texas. He did that all over the place. He's a cardiologist. So like he Mm. did like his whatever program here and his whatever program there and his, you know, just wow. like going all over the place. You know, they spend like half of their lives doing school and then the other half of their lives. Being Man, doctors. cardiology is crazy. Tell me about it. But, um, yeah. I used to watch uh, when I did my rotations at the hospital when I was in the fire service getting my advanced EMT license. Rotations. What is rotations? Um, it's like your work experience. You have to go and do like a internship kind of they, they just an call ambulance it. driver i was for a little while really i've been on an ambulance several times that'd be so cool if you were my am oh well i don't know i guess i talk more to the nurse <laughs> the person in the back yeah yeah i've done that too but 
just sitting really? in with a cardiologist, like watching them do their, like they shoot some colorful stuff that oh, shows yeah. up on the, that on the is my x-ray. Whole, that is my whole childhood. That's all my dad ever looks about. And then like when we, uh, it's when, fascinating yeah, how they can when tell. we were younger and we were like, oh, he's looking at the colorful dots again. And they can tell like where the blockage is and if I you know. have a, a heart I've attack. I've had the lectures. I've had the lectures. It's the vena cava. And so you have, a, you have the vena cava. <laughs> the vena cava and then the blood pumps in, the blood pumps out. And I'm like, okay, thank you, daddy. And now I'm going to know, you know, Smart the answers. Man. Yeah, no, he just talked. I mean, he loves it. Yeah. And then like, it's so cool because he, he does like these, um, what does he call them? Uh. He says, I need to do a, I don't know what it is, but he's like these little recordings and it's like so, it's like a mouthful of like doctor code. It's so cool because mm. you'll be like, da 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 30% off, da 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 and it's like completely unrepeatable and he doesn't mess up and wow. then he like stops the recording and he sends it to his office mm. and so he's like basically, oh, dictations dictations yes you do is dictations that's um, why they pay in the big bucks they make a lot of money oh yeah tell me about it but they're also on call constantly tell me about and it have nearly no life i know yeah like i'll be talking to him on the phone he's like oh i gotta take this call it's from the ambulance i'm like what yeah <laughs> yeah so then tell me more about uh your mom yeah so my mom, mom yeah so my mom is um she doesn't work and she, uh, one thing that's been like very difficult for my childhood is that my mother has constantly been struggling with things that I can't even imagine. She is, she has a lot, and I guess this episode's going to be a lot about psychological illness and uh, mental illness and that kind of stuff because my family is like full of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mother has all sorts of stuff. I don't know even like the entirety of it because she's just like, Sometimes I I don't know. I'm like my mother is highly medicated. She takes like 25 different medications and it's always been something that's like came and like went in like waves. God, that's so many meds. So many wet meds. She's barely human. She has like five <laughs> side effects for all of them and then five different medications for Dude, side effects. I could barely manage the one side effect I have for my one med. No, I mean my mother is like sometimes like we just get concerned because she's always shaking she um sometimes loses her balance and then she can't remember anything past like like she has like a good memory but like the medications um mess up her memory so like you'll just tell her something and then it'll go on one out out one ear and um out through the other and she's just like i don't know she's always jittery oh yeah and um her hair falls out and um like she just like almost passes out like i'm really i've been like concerned about my mom um for so many reasons throughout my life and there's been times in my life where like i just didn't really have a mom because she was just sick and like we didn't see her she was in her room and so um well uh, you know my dad's a cardiologist so i come from a really wealthy family and so we were raised by maids because mm. um, my mother just was not like in the position to. But be your mom wrong. was able to have three kids. She had three kids and also like five miscarriages. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So you're the oldest. I am. And you're twenty two ish. I am twenty two exactly. Twenty two, and then your sisters are. I guess. My sisters, I don't know exactly because I've been 
very removed from the family for a very long time. So it's like I kind of don't get notified of birth. So they all still live in Texas they and you're do. the only one that lives Actually, here? Actually, my uh, second, the middle child lives in California. She goes to Berkeley. Oh, cool. Um, but you're the only one of your family that lives here? Yeah. And you just live alone? Yeah, I live with a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I live with a yeah. bird. Uh, no, yeah, I moved to Connecticut um, for Lyme Academy of Fine Art. Mm. And uh, then I transferred to SOU because I had a brilliant idea one morning that Ashland, Oregon sounded like a beautiful place with roses. How did you hear about Ashland? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I, ba- I just randomly had that thought one morning. And then I looked it up. It existed. And I was like, what? oh, this SOU thing. I'm moving. My God, you're an oracle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, my horse and I, I mean, I got my horse in Texas. We moved to Connecticut. And then I moved to Oregon and made the Bermuda Triangle the United States. Um, and I'm staying here unless the fires kick me out. But yeah. Gosh, were you living in... So you were in talent when those fires happened? I evacuated. I learned about the fire 20 minutes after the fire was in talent. Wow. I was yeah. in the Steens in Eastern Oregon. Oh, look at you. Backpacking. Oh, that's a lot of cortisol when you learn that like half of your town is like, you know, on fire and you're like, oh, I had sound protected earphones on. I didn't hear the police knocking down the doors. Um, mm. Whoops. Where are we all going? but dang um, that's crazy yeah I, well, are you happy to be here though huh you are you happy to be in oregon and yeah when like when the fire season's not there yeah. otherwise it's like it's pretty PTSD, terrible. like hearing fire alarms in my brain and like the fire alarm i didn't hear on the day that i was you know should have heard it and so i've been like going outside i'm like can anyone else hear it and they're just like soft it's you again i'm like oh good oh not good um oh wow so you like have actual ptsd from actual the ptsd i was so terrified to take a shower because i um was afraid that the alarm would go off when i was in the shower and i come out and my whole like place is on fire like, my mom had similar experience she would see flashing lights and be like oh my god there's a fire like so- i know like fire anything for a few everything weeks afterwards smells like fire like everything is i like, know for me it's like i thought i was over it for such a long time and then fire season happened again yeah this last summer one year later yeah. yeah it was pretty traumatic for a lot of people luckily out here we didn't have i mean we were like a level one evacuation so we didn't actually get evacuated yeah but i was in the i came here time. i came around here like um yeah for my eva- well one i went to three different evacuation homes but my first one was here mm. around here uh so do you have a degree then going back to your education? Yeah, so I graduated <laughs> I graduated in SOU. Um so I completed my whatever <laughs> It's called a BS in art, like bachelor's of science in art, but it just sounds a like bullshit a of art. bunch of BS. <laughs> uh, so I got that bunch of BS degree. Um, so you got I, your bachelor's in fine art? Yeah, I did it in nice. three different states in three years. Have you been painting like your whole life? Yeah. You're really good. Thank you. It's very like mythical and super saturated and vibrant yeah it's gotten really magical um like it used to be more hyper realistic um and i used to i don't know why i just had like this perception like oh i can't make it too magical or else like i don't know i just had i've been i've had 
very cruel um, professors, art professors that are just very mm. like, the world isn't sunshine, magical unicorns and rainbows. And I'm like, well, it can be. Um, <laughs> you just don't live in that reality. But no, they just really hated me. The the I had the art school was hardcore. We were worked from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. painting. Um, wow. Yeah, with 10-minute breaks, like when the model was on break or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, my they were brutal. <laughs> um, but anyway, and then I came to SOU, and I was like, wow, it's so humane here. They treat us so well. Uh, but then I just realized it's a normal school. But yeah, my jacket is, like, slowly falling. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, so my family is in Texas, and my sister goes back and forth. Like, she goes, the the middle child, she goes to, you know, Berkeley, and then, like, during the break, she um, comes down to the family. But, yeah, um, gosh. So t- tell me about your journey of, like, leaving the family. What, what all caused that? Yeah, well, I just, I was always uncomfortable in my family. Um, there were always so many pressures, I guess. Uh, another thing is I'm at HSP. Have you ever heard of that? Mm, Highly or... sensitive person. Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, so I'm at HSP, and I'm just highly sensitive. So living in an environment that I always felt trapped because of religious uh, pressures, which is another thing. So my mom converted to Islam. Um, and my dad was Muslim his whole life, obviously. Mm. And so my, I came from a very Muslim family, a very, like the equivalent of your like Mormon family, like very, like you are Muslim. Very Orthodox. You were born Muslim. You will be Muslim. I am still Muslim, air quotes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just something that's been very, uh, what are the air quotes? Do you not? I don't Practice. associate with any religion at this point, and definitely not Muslim. Hmm. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, I know that much that I'm definitely not Muslim. And uh, yeah, we'll get all into that. Um, this episode might be a little long, um, but yeah. So where was I? So yeah. So we're Muslim, and gosh, oh HSP. Mm-hmm. So I'm super, super um, sensitive and living in an environment where there was religious pressures and also my what, mom. What does that feel like, though? What is HSP? I've, I, I've yeah, heard of so it, but I don't know it, anything it about it. It basically um, just means you're highly sensitive in all, like, all things. So it's like emotions a lot. And they tend to, you might be one, actually. They tend to, um, I am a very, very unique HSP. Like usually they're very introverted. And they feel like when they get very overwhelmed, they want to go to like a dark space and it like soothes them. Mm-hmm. For me, of course, it's all different because I'm very extroverted and I'm afraid of the dark because of a whole nother trauma. Um, <laughs> a whole nother trauma. But um, yeah, so I'm afraid of the dark and I'm super extroverted. So I'm like that one unicorn HSP, mm. but super emotional. And I just kind of like soak up everyone's emotions around me which is very unhealthy and when I lived with a sick mother um it was very unhealthy so I was just kind of mirroring all of her illnesses Mm. um and I just felt so because that's all I knew that was my childhood I didn't like you know you can't try out different families right um it's like that's all I knew so I just thought everything was wrong with me all the time because my parents were always telling me that 
everything is just wrong with me because I just couldn't function in society. And then I also have something um, that I learned about in my later years. It's called, um, oh man, it's basically, it's like overstimulus. Oh man, I forgot the like technical term, but basically it means that um, all of my senses are on steroids. Mm. And it basically means I'm a very jumpy person because uh, like any little movement like can like j- make me jump out of my skin. And um, it's like light is like brighter for me. So like thing- it's like literally everything is too much. Do you want me to turn off the lights in here? No, because I'm scared <laughs> of the dark because of a whole nother trauma. Um, I mean, I could dim them. No, because that's a problem because of another trauma. My God, you have so many traumas. So many. Um, but yeah, like tell me about it. My life is like an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, and I'm, my brain is kind of like spaghetti. So sometimes I lose myself all the time. Um, I feel that way. Yeah, I think I might have ADHD too. My mom does have ADHD. My mom has ADHD. She has a bipolar disorder and she's depressed and um, just all kinds wow. of things. Like literally all kinds of things. Yeah. But where was I that's just quite a, cocktail. a second ago? You were talking about HSP and yeah. then... So, oh yeah, so I have this like thing where... And this also was like another... It basically made like every bad thing in my childhood on steroids mm, <laughs> so you like really internalize things yeah and felt i can it hear like more really frequencies than the normal person and that's why i live my life with um noise cancellation headphones on yeah because <laughs> i can hear like this is gonna sound really like bizarre because it's like sometimes i feel more animal than human and it's hmm. like i can hear um frequencies that no one else is hearing and so like i feel like i don't know it always sounds like there's aliens in the room like what like higher pitch or? i can hear light bulbs oh yeah well sometimes i can sometimes. like the fluorescent ones but that like, kind of hum yeah but like all light bulbs have a different sound and it's like sometimes like i don't even know exactly what it is exactly but um like houses have a lot of electricity going through them yeah and i can hear different frequencies so it's like certain rooms are just unbearable for me hmm. and um yeah it's just been very confusing and uh, another thing that's kind of weird i don't know like i don't have like x-ray vision by any means and it sounds like really weird but this <laughs> is like the reason i don't look at people um i told you in the forest that i at the photo shoot that oh I, yeah yeah so i don't look people straight in the eye because i have well, I hate it because now I'm going to like really think about it because I try not to think about it because it makes me so insecure. But um, like, you know how like a normal person, um, like a normal person sees like things like like their whole world is like a bunch of things like a water bottle, like, a you know, desk in front of me, the shoes on the floor. Like sure. it looks very solid. Yeah. And like. Like, you know, it looks like very much like you could just touch it and it, um, your hand won't go through it and it's like normal. Yeah. But for me, uh, it looks kind of, it's very hard to explain because I just came to the realization recently and that's when it became like more of a problem to me that not everyone like sees like this and it's like, oh man. What does it look like to you? It looks like everything is almost 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 solid but it looks like a 
thick, thick, thick jello. And if I were to just like mesh my hand into it, I can, if I pushed hard enough, I could go right through a wall. And I've tried, but I can't. Um, so it's like you're it looks like, tripping on psychedelics all the time. Yeah! That's exactly because you like people talking <laughs> oh about God. like being on mushrooms. It's like that all the time. And it's been like that my whole life. And I just um, thought, I always thought that I was just the person with the vivid imagination. <laughs> sounds like you have superpowers. Uh, it's a problem in a world that's not built for you. But, yeah. Yeah, no, so cities are like a no-no for me because it's too much Cities? Stuff. Oh, yeah, you cities. probably get like way too overstimulated. I get, like, yeah, no, it's like if I ever leave the house, like this is fine because it's like chill, but it's like going to like a appointment or going somewhere. It's like I have to like mm. resituate. I have to like resituate myself when I get home. It's like gotcha. I got to do my stretching. I got to like wash my face. And it's like literally got to reset because I don't know. It's like everything is draining out of me. The is your life lights. is your life pretty structured? Yeah, like in routine, like very yes, strict routine. Very, and I just like do it in a way. I live my life in a way now that keeps me sane because in my childhood I couldn't control anything, and hmm. I was constantly in like very high anxiety, very yeah. very high anxiety because I was always afraid what my parents were going to do to me next. Um, and yeah so another part of my childhood that was very traumatizing because i was also mimicking all of my mother's illnesses and i just felt like all over the place all the time because my mom was always like that and i was always like avoiding my mom and like another thing is like smell that's another thing with the hsp i mean the whatever i have um and so all smells are like on steroids and my (laughs) mother is like a perfume addict and oh. so I basically would like be choking, going nauseous anytime I was around her, um, not just because I was scared of her, but also because um, her perfume. Um, yeah, perfume can be pretty offensive. Yes. And it was like, I don't know, like any perfume for me is like too much. And mm-hmm. then like, don't even get me started on like cleaning, like toxic cleaning stuff. So it's like, like the, my childhood is just ruined. It's like I'm at school and then like someone's like cleaning and like starts spraying and like hand sanitizer. And I was like, oh, I can't concentrate for the rest of the day. Um, <laughs> but it's like hard to concentrate because I'm all, my brain is always like focusing on all the things at the same time. So when I mentioned psychedelics and you feel like you're are, are just always on them. Yeah. Have you, if you don't mind sharing, have you tried them? No, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. It's like normal people start like sounding a bit like me. And then it's like, I don't want to be more like me. Like I'm already uncomfortable with me, you know? Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, gosh, I'm like, I'm trying not to like look at people in the eye because they're not <laughs> solid and that makes me insecure and makes me So question. that's why you don't look people in the eye as yeah, cause very it, often? Yeah, because it's like people don't look solid and it looks like I'm just like talking to my like something. Like, like a piece of jello? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. not exactly. It sounds a lot weirder than it is. Like, I guess the thing is, because like I, everyone is like, I've explained that I've tried to explain this to many people. And it's like my super, super, super scientific friend is like, <gasps> you see molecules. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it sounded like when you were talking I, about it. It looks like a bunch of teeny, teeny, tiny little dots. It's like lots of lots of little pixels 
making up the entire thing, but the pixels aren't staying still. They're kind of like shifting here and there, kind of like a bunch of teeny, 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 tiny pixels making up my world. Everything, humans too, everything included. My own hand when I look at it, and it's like more like disturbing when I look at something close to my face because it's hmm. like, oh, I don't like that. Um, Have you ever met anybody else like you? No. How did you realize that that wasn't how everybody saw the world? Yeah, so I don't know. I, I just like was reading like chapter books. I don't know. I was reading stories and then like I think I asked my friend or something um, and I was like, so you see it like a solid, like there's no dots. They don't move. They don't move at all. Um, and he's <laughs> like, yeah, and it's just like one flat color. I'm like, are you sure? Like look closely. Are you sure? And then I thought I, I got like I totally freaked out. Um, because then, like, since I was in anxiety, all my senses that are already on steroids go on, like, steroids, double steroids, triple <laughs> steroids. And it's, like, to the point where, like, I touch a counter, it's too cold, and then I, like, go outside, it's too hot. And then, like, I was literally losing my mind. I couldn't focus on, like, eating anything because all the textures in the food and then it's like a school bus drives and then like I'm blind, like a school bus, like a yellow school bus drives by and like I'm blinded. Wow. And like, so I called like 911. I was like, I think I'm dying. Uh, and, <laughs> and they come and I'm in a dorm in Connecticut and all my friends were gone because they had gone home for the winter, but I'm not allowed to go home because of my family situation. And so I was oh, yeah. alone in the dorms, and then we lost power. I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress, and I realized that my, like, eyeballs are ruined or something, and I was like, I must be dying. And so I called them, and they're like, who did this to you? Can we look around? Can we see your ID? And I was like, yeah, they're like, do you need to see a specialist? Is that when it started, or have That's you always... That's when I realized. Oh, okay. That it, and then I was like, oh, I'm not normal. I don't like this. So thing. tell me about your um like why you can't go home to your parents right. like talk so, about okay, your trauma so, yeah a bit. yeah yeah so okay so the hsp that i was very very sensitive and um another thing i need to mention is i got um trichotillomania are you familiar with that no i got trichotillomania when i was in fifth grade and it really changed my childhood forever because it's a hair, it's a compulsive, it's like a branch off of OCD. It is a compulsive hair pulling out disorder. And you have the longest hair I've ever seen. Yeah, because it's not my head hair, fortunately. Not now. It used to be for some time. Like in my childhood, it was completely out of control because I was so anxious. Like I was constant. I was living in a state of anxiety. Wait, what do you mean it's not your head hair? It's my eyebrows, and it's like oh. any other. Oh, so like hair. you're you're pulling out your eyebrow hair. Yes, and ah, so I was pulling gotcha. out my eyebrows. That was like my biggest struggle. Still is a struggle. I just learned how to cover it up, um, and it was like it destroyed my childhood because I kind of like just adopted the idea that like I was just a hideous person because my parents um, were really like cruel <laughs> very cruel about it and they wanted to they treated me like a misbehaving child hmm. um and it's like it would happen to me this is why i'm scared of the dark um it would happen to me at night and it's like anytime i go to sleep it, it like it's it's come and gone through my life in different ways but 
for the majority of my life until like I got a control of it in my later years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was like it would usually happen at like three a.m. or like I don't know. It was like some what very would happen specific time in the night, and it was like I would feel paralyzed in a way that like i like lose control over my body but i'm wide awake and i'm terrified and i want to go to sleep and i'm so tired Hmm. but i can't and i'm just like ripping out my own eyebrows and it's like my neck would be because i got really bad neck problems because my neck would be like awkwardly cringed and i felt like i was just like watching myself destroy myself and like pulling and couldn't out, do anything about it. I couldn't do anything about it. I was like, I need to stop. I need to go. To the, I need to go to the bathroom. And turn the light on. I need to go to the bathroom and turn the light on. But I couldn't ever get to the bathroom. And mm-hmm. it's like I'm just pulling out my hair, pulling out my hair. When I finally get to the bathroom, turn the light on, it ends. But then I see like the damage I did, and then I get so scared because my parents are going to be even like meaner oh. <laughs> and call me ugly because I was the ugly daughter, and it's like God, yeah, you know, like you're everyone's dressed up for like a wedding or something, but then they're just like, Safa, what did you do last night?" And it's mm. like I was an embarrassment to them because I was so like it, like I don't know, it's like really obvious because I'm like half Pakistani, so like. It's, like, a distinct feature, like, a characteristic of the face. Like, we generally have, like, really, like, bold eyebrows. And, like, to have, like, really choppy eyebrows and, like, very awkwardly, like, very obviously something, like, off. Um, It would just stand out. Very much so. I looked like I was on chemotherapy or something. Gotcha. And um, my parents were so cruel. I, I was always, like... I don't know why I didn't just get bangs. I should have just like cut my hair and got bangs. There's a solution. Um, but they just were like, no, then you're going to like, you know, hide from the problem. And so like hmm. throughout my childhood, I I thought it was just an ugly, really ugly person. And I came to the realization like when I left for university, I was like, wait, I don't have to be ugly anymore. <laughs> like I don't have to be this anymore. Totally. And then it's like, Oh, and then, like, people are always complimenting me, but I was like, oh, they're just trying to, like, I don't know, like, make me feel better about how ugly I am. Because I just believed from such a young age that I was just such a hideous creature. Um, Sheesh. I know. I just, like, I, I thought it was just, like, a given. It was like, okay. But then you were, that was reinforced by your parents telling you that. Every day. It's like every time it would get worse and it was always getting worse. And like, I get, I get like, they treat me so much better when like my eyebrows were better. And they're like, oh, Safa, your eyebrows look good. And I was like, oh, really? And then like, I can't keep it up. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was a problem. And I was going from, and another, re- I have like, I need a therapist, but I have trauma <laughs> to go to a therapist because throughout my childhood, they were constantly trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And it's like I was constantly leaving school early to go to my therapist. Um, but they were like, I don't know what they were doing. There's a ton of brain scans. And it's like I had to get like wires all over my head from a young age. And oh, yeah. hold my breath. Wasn't allowed to like, like breathe normally for like 30 minutes. And I have to just like watch the lines go on the screen and i'm not allowed to talk i have to be very quiet um and i'm just like a what kid. kind of tests were they running i don't know they like i was too young to like understand what was going on and you still don't know 
I don't know what they were doing. I think MRIs <laughs> maybe. I don't know what they were doing. They were just like doing all sorts of tests on me. And I always felt so out of control because it was like I didn't want to tell any of the kids where I was, why I was leaving early. Like, wow, you have a lot of dentist appointments. I'm like, yeah. And I had braces. So I was like, yeah. Orthodontist the appointment again. is where I'm going. <laughs> I messed up a bracket. And um, I'd be going there. And I was so ashamed of it because then yeah. it was because of my eyebrows and like, oh, I don't know why. I thought like nobody knew about my eyebrows. So like. And I was so bad at covering them up. <laughs> Another thing is, like, I try so hard to cover them up, but, like, I had, like, no means. I, mean, I can't, like, go to Sephora or, like, go to a makeup store and, like, actually do this right. It's, like, me, like, suffering with, like, those kid makeup kits. And, like, I don't know. You're not a girl, but, like, we'd get these really cheap kid makeup kits. It's supposed to be, like, a fake makeup. And makeup is fake anyway, so it's, like, a fake fake makeup makeup for kids yeah and it's like glittery so i have right. like glittery eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> it matches our... your personality yeah but it was like <laughs> not it was not what i was going for and it's like then everyone's like oh Safa, why does it look like because i was doing all kinds of things like i would get like a pencil like a normal pencil and i was like trying to make eyebrows and i was like making myself bleed and it's like, Jesus. I know. And it's like, my mom's like, what are you doing? And I'm like bleeding, like blood stripping down my uh, forehead. And I was like, nothing. Um, Jeez. Nothing. <laughs> Gosh. But yeah, no. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I went through a lot of therapists and stuff. So my childhood, like, I guess the problem of my childhood, it was very out of my control all the time. Like my parents were always making decisions that were best for me yeah um they just were they just were really cruel sometimes have they, you ever talked about your all this trauma before with yeah this part yeah 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 this part yeah um, but not the next not, part not where we're going but <laughs> <laughs> like this part yeah uh I'm, I'm well over this but um well you know as much as i can be yeah and yeah so there's that and then you asked me another question and then i started talking about the the trichotillomania. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just... Oh, like, why my family is the way it is. Yeah, like why you can't go back home. And yeah, so... Oh, I guess get me to the part of the story that... We need. That we need, yeah, like yeah, the meat of the story. Need. So what the situation is now, I won't go all the way into my family, but it has a lot to do with a suicidal sister and just... Uh, my life is so complicated. It's so hard to like explain my life in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I think you're very brave um, for doing it. Like it's hard to do this. Yeah, it is really hard to do this. And, and I can tell like that it you're really helps me that you a lot, feel though. anxious. I can tell. Oh that yeah, it, that it's hard for you to tell the story. It is. Hard. You're giving like a ton of backstory. You're getting hung up on your eyebrows, and it's great. Like I understand, yeah. but like I think that the the positive thing that comes from talking about this kind of thing is that it's very helpful. Yeah, like if is. I can give you any sense of any like comfort, like I've wept on this podcast talking about my trauma. Oh yeah. I'm a crier. And That's I, a, like it's, a it's amazing how helpful talking about your story can be for you, but also for other people and like being yourself, like just being, that's why I wanted to have you on is because I felt like you were willing to be and you fully know me. yourself. Yeah, but I know enough. I knew enough to know that you would be open and vulnerable. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had you on. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's boring. 
boring, you know? It's really boring. Um, like being open, it's like it's really what everyone wants to hear and talk about. But it's like what not that many people are like brave enough to say. Or like yeah, so many people it. are are talking about the story of the person they want to be or that they're yeah. trying to be. But everybody's afraid to talk about the person that they have been. Yeah. So and I've just... made mistakes in the past too. Like when I talked about my divorce, I maybe wasn't as transparent with my side of the story. Like my flaws versus hers i was maybe a bit too aggressive but i was very angry and so okay. i was speaking from a place you of did anger the best you could i did the best i the could time. and now i'm you know rectifying that as best i can yeah. and this is your first time so i just want to like acknowledge that, that, that's, that that's a hard thing and it's very brave yeah it's like one of those hard things that i'm like good at i'm good at embarrassing myself <laughs> <laughs> um and completely I don't know. It's like everybody knows my weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. Because I can't stop talking about them. But, um, oh, yeah. So, like, the situation with my family now is um, oh, 2020 was hard for me. It's like everyone was coming closer to their families and, like, really getting to know their families and spending more time with their families. But in 2020, I kind of was, like, removed from my family. Um, like, not just physically removed, but, like, emotionally, relationship-wise, removed. I felt like I completely lost my family in 2020 because I don't understand. Like, I still don't understand all of it because I've been away from my family for such a long time. But, like, with a sister... Um, suicidal sister that has been sick for a very long time but became like suicidal when I left to Connecticut which and she was my best friend so you were close with them really close we were so close especially with my youngest um the suicidal one and we were like we did everything together and it's like I spent my entire younger years trying to make her life magical and like taking her to the forest and like mm. we'd ride double on the bicycle and we'd call it the vehicle and yeah. like honestly we had so many memories but things just got out of control when i left to connecticut and it was so hard leaving her like i was like I oh bet. my gosh in the car seat she used to sit there um, and you guys don't talk anymore we used to talk. We were talking every day. Like, we were so close. We were FaceTiming mm -hmm. and talking, but she just got sicker and sicker. And um, then she had her own traumas of her own um, and was really abused at school and learned that she was not straight. And then, like, that was a whole issue in my mm -hmm. family, religious-wise. And so she just went through a lot. Yeah. Um, but for some reason... I still don't understand this, but just because she, it's like really hard to explain because I, I really don't understand it exactly, but somehow a lot of her trauma and maybe, you know, I bet I wasn't the best sister, but I really tried my hardest and I thought we were really close and I really, really thought that we had beautiful memories together and I wasn't the only one thinking that. Mm. Um, but in 2020, um, she just, told me that she just really didn't like me the whole time and really my whole life was shattered because like she was the most important person to me in my life and she meant everything to me but then she told me that she just hated me and that she never liked me and that the whole time she was scared of me 
Wow. That it was like a toxic relationship and that I was the scary older sister and she has to go see the horse. Now she has to go on a walk. Now she has to go on the forest. Now she has to go to the farmer's market. Interesting that you and her had such different experiences in the same... Either, but it's like, I think it's it might have been a little bit of that. She might have been intimidated by me because I was the older sister. But it's a lot of... I feel my everyone in my family thinks I'm just like some fantasizing. But I think... Because she's in such a bad, like, suicidal state right now, she's mm-hmm. looking back at her past memories with, like, a tainted, like... Oh. Yeah, so, I don't know. I've been accused of doing things that I just really... I don't know, like... I, I'm just going to say it. I'll, I'm going to have to edit it out of my podcast, but they accuse me of... Um, she's just, like, been telling my parents all of these things that I just, like, completely just, like... Oh, man, like she, she's been telling them that I, I sexually abused her, and she was sexually abused in her middle school, but hmm. now I did it somehow, and I just like don't understand. And I learned that later on after my parents were treating me so badly, I had realized um, that the whole time they had believed that I sexually assaulted her. Um, or sexually abused her, and I don't even know exactly, like, what that even means. And from your perspective, you didn't. I don't know what she's talking about. Like, I'm trying so hard to remember, but my parents are like, oh, my sister is, like, really cruel about it. She's like, oh, well, maybe it wasn't that important to you. Hmm. Oh, maybe you just conveniently forgot. And they say that I am doing the victim victim persona or whatever that i'm like victimizing myself when she's the real victim but i just like i not sure exactly what i did wrong and i've been feeling like i'm like some sort of accused person and it's just gotten really serious where it's the point where like they had to move houses because Mm -hmm. i had lived there and all the photos of me had been removed this all happened in 2020 like oh wow all like a timeline like it started i was her best friend and it ended i was completely removed from family my name is a bad word and so they're like working on just erasing you erasing and your memory from the me family completely but none of my extended family knows that my mom is even sick not to mention my child my, my child her child right. my sister mm-hmm. suicidal been hospitalized multiple times and is scared of everything about me so it's like i don't know it's like i've been trying to like make my own life and like start a new story but i was going through so much um imposter syndrome because Mm -hmm. i was like oh i'm really a monster and everyone thinks i'm an angel this is awful wait when did that imposter syndrome begin when i lost my identity and my my family like my whole life i was trying to be in 2020 yeah and it's like all of a sudden i was like they must be right, you know, because so they've you're, known me the longest. I think that's really interesting that your first response to her accusation was to look inward. No, like I immediately, no, the first time not I get, heard like, defensive. it, I was like, I did it. I did it. And I, I told them, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I must have done this. And then it's like thinking and thinking and I've just been like scratching my head. I'm like, but what is, is it exactly? Like I'm supposed to really know. And you asked her like, what, Yeah, when? I was like, what? no, she never, she never told me straight up front. That came later on. She told them, oh. uh, but she just told me like, she's sick of me. She's always been sick of me. 
and that I she I was so controlling I was a control freak I was uh, just all the things and then I, I'm just been wondering like what if I was mirroring my mom and what if I like did the same thing to, that my mom was doing to me and then did it to her and then like messing up her and but I just don't know where the sexually abused thing came from that, well that was gonna be my question and uh, forgive me if it's like too direct but like no, was your mom me. ever do you remember your mom ever sexually assaulting you So I mean, then I the, don't have any. So then the mirroring thing. I don't know what this wouldn't make any is, sense. I've, I've been I've had many theories of what went wrong because I've had a lot of time to think by myself, um, being completely shunned by my family, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, what did I do? What did I do? Can it be this? Can it be that? Can it be like that? Her illness right now is tainting her memories or maybe i am the imposter syndrome and like my dad um like maybe i am an imposter like maybe i conveniently forgot all the memories Hmm. because my dad that's his theory my mom is like you're a liar my sister is like you're victimizing yourself and my dad is like (laughs) you can see you always like my whole life i've been so sick and you know like so everything is wrong with me so he's like you're in such a critical condition right now that your memories, your brain must have like selective memory. Selective memory, you've for- conveniently forgotten those memories because you can't deal with them. You can't handle them. And you really, really, really need to go to inpatient because everything's wrong with you, basically. But yeah, so My like. My God, that's crazy. <laughs> everything's wrong with me. Everything's always been wrong with me. And it's like. Yes, I did have a lot of things wrong with me when I was a high schooler, but mm-hmm. that's the last time they knew me. And so they treat me now like I'm like I, like I'm still that like anxiety like prone little scared girl who's just scared of what, you know, her parents are going to do next to her. Uh but right now I've been like I'm not I'm actually doing okay, guys. Like I'm really not that sick at all like yeah I'm, you have like a bs degree and you're i've been doing quite living well on your own lately. And talent um, and you're an artist that's making and then my money. town then my town burned down at the end of that like my whole family is like removing me and oh. then my house caught on not on fire but my town caught on fire right. and then it's like oh <laughs> right what a terrible 2020 and then people are like covid i'm like covid what like this this right. stuff um, COVID was just, like, you know, wow, like you're going through a lot of doom on the cupcake of devastation. So have you ever, um, I know you said that you had trauma with therapists. Have you ever yeah. tried to work with, I don't know, I've like a hip, hip, oh, I've never tried called? that. I haven't either, but they, I, I don't know, like a therapist that can like uncover memories that you, mm. I just wonder why everybody that's closest to you would accuse you when you literally Stake have go. no. Right, yeah. Yeah, I guess it could be just simple as that, but like why? What's because the reason? Because I was because they have no way because everyone is hurting in their own way. My parents have their precious youngest daughter that is suicidal trying to end her life all the time because of their eldest daughter, their oh. first child. So and they're so blaming the you. baby the baby is trying to kill herself because of something there's so much confusion something the oldest child did they don't know what was going on apparently i don't know what was going on um and my sister is the only one with like the mouth like she's the only one who can speak up Mm. i've been removed i've been silenced 
and she's the only one who could say whatever she wants at this point and it can be just 100% true because she's the only one talking and you're not there to defend yourself can't be what about the other sister she just she's like her youngest sister has been destroyed by her oldest sister that's the narrative she lives under she lives under yeah i'm an impot like i'm just like victimizing myself and i'm running away and a thing that really hurts me is that my youngest sister told me that she's like i was depressed the whole time but you were too busy in your fantasies and living a magical life that you couldn't even notice how much I was suffering. And hmm. then that sounds exactly like me. Do you dissociate a lot? Meaning? Like, do you go somewhere else in your mind when you're in a stressful situation? Or did you do that when you were a kid? I guess, because my imagination is so vivid. But I mean, I, I never, like, sexually, I, I just can't that, like, right. fathom that I'd be... Like something's so wrong, right? I, and I don't even know exactly. How well, dissociation is pretty common. I mean, I do it. People do yeah, it when they when they're exposed to trauma. Do it's do like it, a but I it's don't a know protection. If I've done it enough to like completely completely black out. Yeah, like and like completely like fool myself. Right, and do something that you have no recollection of. No, I with mean, a like sister. my life was like ruined whenever my mom told me that. I was like, you guys believe that? Like, where did that come from? Because the other thing that's very suspicious is that she was sexually abused by someone in her middle school. Right. So why am I that person now? Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's hard. It's so hard. The only story you have is your own. I know. And you then weren't it's there like, for her I've been middle school to experience. To them. It's like, I, there's two sides of every story. And they're like, oh, there's two sides of every story. There you go again. Um, but like, hmm. it's just, I, I don't know. I just, I just want so badly to finally erase myself and just like they seem so much better without me anyway um i wish i could just like erase my memories for real and then like this wouldn't be a problem but who knows maybe she'd be suicidal anyway like i don't even know if this is me well i mean the the thing that's doesn't make sense is that you have like a perfect memory of your childhood i know i remember too much i remember all the yeah it's not like there were it's not like there were I remember the insignificant uh, holes in your... thing. Yeah, it's like, it's not like I black out. It's like I remember every part. And like she was the best part of my childhood, actually. Right. Had a really hard one. Yeah, so strange. It's such a mystery. I wish that we had like some kind of a resolution or some sort of understanding of I her side of the story. And I just wish she'd get her life back and I don't need to be a part so of it. So what are you hoping to accomplish by sharing your story? Well, I don't even know. And how do you how do you plan on moving forward too? A lot of people like are dealing with a lot of stuff that like everyone's kind of like doesn't want to talk about, just covers it up, covers it up. Mm -hmm. And I've just got like so much. And if I tried to spend my life covering up all of this, I would feel like a criminal. Um, Yeah, I I I actually feel like a criminal. I mean, I really admire. That's why I mentioned earlier that I really admire the fact that you looked inward that you really tried to dig through your memories and and be honest with yourself like did i do this yeah um because that was horrifying because i i just like if i did it then like who does that make me now like what i thought i was a nice person <laughs> yeah you seem really nice to me <laughs> i thought so too but maybe i'm just tricking you and i'm really a monster but i've gotten over that 
<laughs> I really learned a lot of self-love with that experience. Cause Good for you. I think that's really important. The people who were supposed to love me most hated me so much and told me that I was a monster. And from your perspective, making up lies about you and making up stories about you. I don't even know what's going on at this point. I don't even know, but it's like they had to move houses and like literally everything. So like I've I've have a very strained relationship with my parents and now it's to the point where it's like time has gone on and they're starting to miss me. How starting long? to miss me. My parents. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um they haven't seen me. Well, you, did you, you said you recently talked to your dad, right? Yeah, no. Now so now to the point so there was like a big like pause because like my what was happening was that I was calling them and then my caller ID would make my little sister want to like jump off a balcony or something and it's it's just been so like my mom who is like so on eggshells anyway is like having to monitor they have to monitor 24 7 like their lives have been changed forever yeah and they have so much anger and confusion and so much sadness and there's only one person to blame hmm. it's so interesting that people want to blame somebody for their own and i don't blame them like what are they like what are they supposed to think like what what were they supposed to do like they had to they had to like take away my photos they had to stop saying my name they had to because their youngest daughter was going to kill herself it's like one person being discluded from the family and then like literally another person not existing anymore Hmm. and it's like i mean their lives have just been like they have to like remove all the knives they have to do everything they have to like make sure she's not near like a belt or else she'll try to choke herself and it's just like their lives have been changed forever and that's the only thing they can like they're everything this is constantly on their mind and there's only one person that's behind this i mean well there's also like the sexual abuser uh from her middle school um but like there's just like i would start feeling not good about me if i were them you know like i would feel like what did that child do like really angry and confused and like it's just a really heartbreaking situation for everyone's side of the story yeah and like for a parent you know like losing always in fear of losing their child yeah and then having to let go of another child that they tried so hard to get and had so many miscarriages and then they had their miracle baby that was supposed to come out dead but came out alive (laughs) heartbreaking yeah everyone is like hurting in their own way and it's like they're really really good people and they actually deep down actually really love me and they're starting to miss me a lot and it's not just me telling myself that like they still love me um but they have to they're my parents i find it really uh courageous of you to be able to like to try to put yourself in their shoes and how they must feel about to. you and about your sister and like why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, I'd be breaking apart, you know, like if I was my dad and I'm trying to be like the man of the family. I just and... know a lot of people who have been through some, it's not similar trauma, but through trauma with their parents and, uh, or just trauma in general. And it's rare to do what you do. But they're just really good people. I mean, I love them so much, you know? Like, yeah. I wouldn't want anything to happen to them. Yes, I had a difficult childhood, but it made me who I am today. And I would be so much weaker if none of it had happened and I wouldn't erase a thing. But 
it's just like they are. Do you want a relationship with your parents? <sighs> like everything, I just want to reflect. Nothing that you've told me about them has been positive. But I, I don't know. Like a lot of people, when they hear my story, they're like, "Well, you, you know, you don't have to like have them in your life. You could just like leave this forever." But it's like they're still living, like. I don't know. But have the they have they caused? ever brought you like have they been a positive influence in your life at all? <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like they've definitely had some good memories when like things are going well, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely like there's just like that innate child motherly. Like I don't know. What makes you want to grasp onto those good memories when it's been like pretty because that's what I do all my life because that's the only thing keeping me alive (laughs) it's like during my whole childhood when like I just like honestly like I talk I I learned how difficult my childhood was after like my childhood was kind of done because during the whole time I was like it's amazing like I have a wonderful life I'm so like I love every day like I literally was thinking that but then I was kind of falling apart at other times and it's like losing my mind and then it's like a lot of things Mm -hmm. but yeah and then the main thing I'm gonna talk about that I haven't talked about told like many people just because it's been something so new that I discovered and it came later in life um when I've like grown up a little Mm -hmm. and had to like well move into womanhood I guess and I have, like, learned about... Man, it's just been so annoying because, like, my... After childhood, I've been, like, just, like, dealing with all these roadblocks and issues. And it's like, oh, man, I just realized I have a whole baggage of trauma I got to deal with. Dude, tell me um, about it. I, but, like, with my life, it's, like, on steroids. Right. So, yeah, so I... It all started... <laughs> um, Like, I have, like... I know a lot of people say, like, they have dad issues mm-hmm. and I have dad issues too, but I also have really bad mom issues because, you know, my mom has always been sick. And so like, I guess I've always just really, really wanted like a motherly connection and I just really want a mom. And so it's like, I'm subconsciously looking for moms all over the place. <laughs> and it's like, there's my massage lady mom and my teacher mom. And it's like, I would call my teacher's mom. Categories of mothers. I just wanted a mom and my mom was always too sick or just too. Yeah. You said you were raised by maids. Yeah. And they didn't speak English either. Do you feel like you're trying to fill that role? Always. Always trying to. I wonder if that's a healthy thing. It's not. (laughs) It's not. It's not. (laughs) I mean, I don't know one way or the other. I would just... It's not. I don't even know if it's really possible to, like, replace her. I can't. and You can't. Like, I'm constantly... Wait, is that the thing that you were wanting to say that you haven't talked about? Yeah, so it's not... That's the the pretty part of it. Um, (laughs) It's not a pretty thing. Um, (laughs) That's, like, that's not hard to talk about. I have mom issues. But I realized that I really have mom issues. Mm-hmm. And that I'm constantly looking for a mother because there's like that deep inner child in me that's just been wanting a mom her whole life mm-hmm. and just constantly like having to be a mom. Yeah, like you're and still pretty young. I know. 22. And how I long have you really been? A, old. How long have you been away from home? Uh, well, I left when I was 19. 
18? Oh, okay. 18. I left when I was 18. And I went back. <laughs> I went back to visit. And then I, you know, had that accident and lost my hand almost. Remember the surgery? My bad finger. What? Yeah. Oh, like, wait. Yes. You yeah. Did I almost lost my hand. I, I'm very accident prone. I've had too many <laughs> accidents and I've landed in an ER several, several times. And I have trauma at ERs because I've been there too many times for yeah. unfortunate reasons <laughs> but i get hurt a lot and break a lot of bones I don't do know you why. ever think about like if, if i don't know is there ever a point where you're just like ready to call it where you're like okay this is no longer like seeking and wanting a relationship with my family and my parents is no longer good for me yeah and i need to like move I, on i know i do and I, I tell myself that like like i don't know why it's like i have this filter and it's like looking for moms and it's like i don't know i can't even like and then it's like stop how you're doing it again like why am i trying to make her my mother she's not my mother. Well, i think if i can reflect again i think part of it is because you're so like you're the highly sensitive person you're very emotional yeah so correct me if i'm wrong are you kind of do you live your life kind of guided by your emotions oh yeah yeah my I'm life very much the same way dictated i mean i moved to oregon i moved to ashland oregon because i thought there were roses there and i thought it'd be like really pretty i don't know there's some roses i don't know oh but then my horse ends up because my horse and i we travel together we're a package deal and um you know my dad's a cardiologist so we can afford that but um yeah we he ended up in sweet rose farms which is a stables that's not too far from here and sweet mm. rose. And so, you know, my brain wasn't too far off. Um, and there's, there's a, roses There's there. a rose uh, garden, like a rose festival thing up in Portland. See? Have you been? No. It's beautiful. I bet. Yeah, I it's love just roses. I came here for them. Apparently. Tons of roses up there. Yeah. Well, no, I'm very guided by my emotions. I make very important life decisions based off of my emotions and very little logic oh that's the same as me i've been really really trying in my i mean i'm 32 and i've been really trying lately to be like more more logical because i'm very much like you in the way that i just like follow my intuition follow my heart and just live in this like sea of emotion but it brings me to the most magical places and i wouldn't change it for anything but then i'm like okay stop being an adult being an adult yeah i mean it is nice but it's it becomes a problem when we just when we're pushing aside reality and yeah. seeking things that are no longer serving us and are actually unhealthy because then that can happen. we can get to a place where we're constantly dissociating and we don't live in reality and then bad things can actually happen to you true true i mean this is all stuff that i've learned through therapy and just life yeah and... you should have a healthy balance of logic definitely and... i'm not i'm really not trying to tell you what to do i mean you're no you seem like you've gotten through your life you seem <laughs> super happy and positive somewhat fine um not broken yet but uh yeah no i def- definitely have a lot of work to do on myself like you have a very powerful heart but you also have a very powerful brain I hope so. <laughs> that probably has a lot to offer you in balance. Yeah, I know. I know. I need to be more. That's. Logical. I mean, I'm, I need to. I'm talking to myself here too. Like yeah, I really am trying I need to, to give space. That side of the brain. Yeah, because it really it does have a lot to offer, and if we just ignore it and just seek for the feel good, what our emotions can tell us, and even if they're sometimes they're not real, the emotions, oh. then we're neglecting a part of ourself 
that deserves to have space to, to like teach us something. Have a say in the decision. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, is that okay? Hope I didn't mess up the sound. Oh, oh yeah. I have two wires? You have two wires. Oh, I just learned that. <laughs> <laughs> one goes to your headphones and one goes to the microphone. Oh, no. I was just thinking about like the wires. Like with my childhood, I'm like, do I have, uh, do I have like PTSD for wires? Oh, no. What now? But it's like, oh. Yeah, I mean, there, there comes a point when all of us have trauma. I feel like so many people have trauma, yeah, including you, our including whole me. Lives are like made up of trauma. And when we're these highly sensitive people who are like, oh no, I'm triggered. Oh no, I have trauma about that. Oh no, I can't go to this thing. There comes a point where you almost have to like allow your brain to say, you know what? It's time to put this behind me. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. I'm I'm still like working on that with a lot of the things. You're I've doing great, Safa. Like you're doing, doing so great. great. Um, <laughs> I hope you don't feel like I'm trying to tell you like, grow up and you need to like mature i think you're great you're you're very young and you've survived way more than me (laughs) you don't even know half of it but um (laughs) my life is like very it's all over the place so like with my friends it's like they're always like so scared when i call them they're like what happened what happened i'm like actually everything's going great but oh yeah i mean this did happen they're like what um but (laughs) so you have like you have supportive friends then yeah i have some really good friends i don't have a lot of friends um which is really weird because i'm an extrovert yeah that is but i haven't been out much uh with covid and stuff and also another thing i'm a very overproductive person and a very Mm. very overproductive it's like every minute is like planned out that i could be the most efficient and I don't really, like, I don't have free time. Like, I'm constantly, and it sounds very unhealthy, it is. Um, <laughs> I don't have free time. It's like, I ask people, like, what do you do in your free time? It just seems like other people have, like, a certain time allotted that they just allow themselves to chill. I don't have any chill. So it's like, why? I mean, I don't know why. It's just You don't like, allow yourself to? I don't. And it's like I work myself to death, but I love it. I don't know. It's so bad. What happens when you slow down and are like, I mean, when you meditate is, or you're quiet okay, okay. for a so, day? So every morning I do ballet for two hours and I do my yoga. That's like my... I mean, that's self-care. Yeah, yeah. That is self-care, but it's just like very like structured and it has a schedule. It's all on schedule. But I don't have like a chill time where like I think I'll just do this. Like spontaneously I'll, I'll be like... Oh, I'm just going to sit down and read a book. Like, that just never happens with me. Hmm. Um, It's like, oh, I'm just going to go write in my neglected journal. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that, if it's working for you. I don't know. But then it's also like, I don't, I don't like hang out with friends. Mm. And it's like, I, I only talk to them on the phone when I can be painting at the same time. So I'm super effective. It's something I need to get over. But it's like, it's like legitimately like the photo shoot we did. Um, it's like, it didn't feel like I was being super effective and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. So it's like I snapped out of it and I was like, oh, I want friends. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Um, and I have like uh, a lot of my friends are kind of like not in the U.S. or like n- somewhere else. But I do have like one friend that's here. And I was like, Shane, we need to go to the Olivia sometime. Um, and he's like, yeah, it's so hard to get you out of your house. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a very extroverted person. It's like when I am 
out, I'm out. You know, like mm-hmm. just like, ha I get to be out. But I just don't let myself out. <laughs> Man, if I didn't have like social time or outside time, if I was just cooped up in my house, I would Drives go crazy. And I don't know how you do it as an I extrovert. am insane though. <laughs> I am. That's what happens when you do that. Um, no, uh, I, I've been trying to be a little bit more. And like now I've been like, well, I'm being super effective as I like glamorously stroll down Ashland delivering flyers. I'm being effective. I'm delivering flyers. I really admire that about you. I think uh, it feels like you're very unafraid to be told no. Yeah. And I love I that. Care. I love that you just walk up to strangers. You're like, hey, can I put my flyer up here? Do you want to be friends? Like, you're just very yeah, open with because, what you like, want. Honestly, like, the worst thing that could happen is, like, they're just like, oh, I feel uncomfortable with this situation. I'm just going to, like, make a, you know, make an exit. And, mm-hmm. like, that's happened several times. But it's like, I made their life. Like, I don't know. It tickles me. It's like, I made their life a little more interesting today. Like, you know, like it's like it's like fun. Like even if it doesn't mean anything, and, it just and if it's harmless, anywhere, and it's harmless. It's just like oh, and then you know, I was going on a walk, and I met that crazy girl, and then like I went on and I like, cooked dinner, and it's like they, I get to be a part of their story. I like that. I've had friends like that when I was on my mission. Actually, he was super like they're we're called companions. So your mission companion, uh-huh. and he was always like. <clears throat> like making weird faces or doing weird things while we'd bike around because we were on a, on bikes. Yeah. And I was like, dude, like, what's your deal? Like, why do you, why do you always act so strange? Like, why can't you just be like normal and serious? Because he was always joking around. Oh. He was like, because like, that's just my personality. I think that if, if somebody just sees me being weird on my bike today and they decide to smile and be nice rather than be sad and mean to somebody yeah, if i was the other people's stress that's like he was like that's something that i could job well done job well done yeah job and i was well like done. oh that's it's cool for me it's like i'm not always i'm not like putting on a show it's for me it's like i just can't contain myself sometimes and i'm just very eccentric <laughs> so why are you no longer sorry to go back to like to deviate from no the... please direct me my conversation goes everywhere <laughs> same um, why do you no longer associate with being Muslim? Oh, well, I guess it does taint it kind of like when you've been forced into something. Oh, and another thing I didn't mention is that my parents moved us into a very, very abusive, strict Islamic school for oh. high school. And it was in Texas prison. Yeah. No, like legitimately, like they had a fence. There were pointy things on the top. So, like, the students can't get out. But honestly, it was the most abusive place I've ever seen and, like, physically abusive. Like, teachers throwing shoes and throwing students against walls. And it's like, I was such an outcast because... um, That kind of stuff was happening to you? uh, No. Me, no, because I was a good... I was scared, good little student. Petrified little student who's like, (gasps) scary mommy. Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> well, you know. Just so operated by fear. So, so much fear awful. in your There's life. There's so much forcing in my life. Like, forcing me to get out of my psych... To wake up and, like, snap out of my psychological, like, issues with trigotolomy. It's, like, so much 
forcing me like just stop it already why are you being so difficult like such difficult child why can't you just function in the world that we want you to um and it was just like i always felt like i was just trying to be molded and it just didn't fit and i was constantly in my brain like i gotta get out of this sometime like this is not forever like one day i don't know why it's like in my brain i was like one day i'm gonna be in a valley surrounded by mountains and everything's gonna be beautiful and it's gonna be fine i don't know how that day's gonna come but somehow it will and it did and it did it did and the cool thing about southern oregon is you can just be so free here people are very like free-spirited and kind of like space cadets you really do kind of. <laughs> i'm very ashland you know <laughs> you really are i think that there's such a community of people out there like the how long was our photo shoot like an hour and a half two hours yeah. that we did together yeah. you are you made a friend in front of me <laughs> i do that a lot <laughs> yeah but like so why i i mean i guess i, I want to say like why don't you have friends but i do i guess i have like a ton i just like i just don't spend i don't allow myself to hang out that's a problem that's when mm. i say i don't have friends it's like i i do have friends but i talk to them on the phone and it's like i don't allow myself to just take a break and it's like I always have like, oh, well, I just should be painting. I could be painting. You've got your dad's painting. work ethic. Uh, I guess. <laughs> but it's also another thing. I'm trying to like run away from my family because it's like I'm still financially supported by them. And mm. that's like the last link, you know? Yeah. When I break that, I'm like free. Yeah. And so I want to. And so it's like I need to. I need to. I'm not making a living. I got to work harder. I'm not making a living. I have to work harder. And it's, like, constant, like, I don't want to get a normal job and, like, do it out that way because then I wouldn't have enough time to paint. And painting takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not, like, just, like, I can take a photo and then, like, edit and, like, go back to it and edit. It's, like, I literally have to paint. Like, this section is going to dry. Oh, yeah. Um, One painting probably takes so much longer than one photograph. Yeah, no, no. That that painting that I, uh, the duck. One. The, the one mandarin that duck. The, yeah. That one took 300 hours. I meant to show you, God. but on the back, I was so old school with that one because I was so young. I would write in my hours for the, each day. So it was like six hours and 28 minutes. Seven hours. And like I was painting myself to death because I was hiding in my studio my whole childhood because I was just trying to run away from my mom <laughs> and my family. And so, uh, yeah, I painted a lot. I like that was my outlet. You know? What is like the inside of your brain feel like on a day to day basis? Like, do you feel like you're like, give me more insight to why you don't let yourself rest or I slow down? I'm do you feel like so you're always being chased? Effective, kind of. It's like I'm running away from something all the time and i'm running well like i guess for the for the you know like hanging out thing it's like i'm running away from being financially dependent on my family that i'm so do you feel like you always have to be productive yeah because i'm not making a living yet so i need to like Mm. shape up and like get my shit together (laughs) do it and get out of this because it's like it's like the last thing that like okay they're not going to like knock on my door and be like Sapo, we're taking you away um because you know like they'd have to leave alia and like it's just not even physically possible at this point because mm-hmm. yes they've done that to me before i was in oregon and then i knocked i heard a knock on my door and my dad's like i'm taking you to a psychological like yes what my life and i was like that oh, happened yes it did, it did oh happen God. and i i somehow talked him out of it and like he's like 
I'm not, he's like, I'm not letting you destroy your life and everyone's life. I'm here and I'm not leaving until you come with me. And I was like, this is my life now. Oh gosh, no. And I had so many triggers because I was like, back to childhood. Back for, to childhood. Being forced back to, do to childhood. You can run away from anything. Back to square one. Going right back to Texas where you came from. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. So How I, recent was that? I, I haven't, that was the last time I saw my dad. And that was, um, I was still in school. And I graduated in 2020. <laughs> so it's fairly recent. Yeah. No, he came. And like, he literally did the How thing. did you talk him out of it? I'm a very convincing person. Sheesh. <laughs> no, he literally told me, he's like, I'm not leaving. And then he's like getting all these phone calls for work. And I'm like, Abba, you're, we call him Abba because it's like dad in Urdu. I'm like, Abba, you're a doctor. People are going to die. <laughs> like your patients need you. And he's like, you need to go. And he wanted to check me in to an OCD clinic. Was this all before the accusation from your sister? This is, oh, is it? It is. It is before. Because I remember like I was telling my sister and I'm like, and then he's doing this and he's doing that. So he's probably even more motivated to get you into a psychological. Gotta work harder. Can't hang out. Gotta work harder. Can't hang out. Gotta work harder. So that's what's happening in your brain. Yeah. Just that. Just that. I'm just running away from that. And it's not like completely like. I understand why I'm running away from that. Um, scary stuff. Yeah, for sure. There's probably a lot. But COVID has helped me a lot. COVID has been very good in my life because it kept my parents in Texas because <laughs> they don't want to travel. And my mom is petrified of COVID. Um, yeah, oh, they're both vaccinated. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm running out of time. You see, got to work harder. But um, yeah, it's stressful. Gives me anxiety. Yeah, it's so fascinating to me that you have this like, this polarizing feeling of like wanting to have a relationship with them and thinking that they yeah, miss you, but then also so running it's from like, them. I want, yeah, it's like I want to just fix it somehow. It's like you're running away from them, but and backwards. back to them because at the same time I have this like innate like, but they're my parents and they're falling apart. I need to save them, but they're like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, if I can tell you anything, Safa. <laughs> it's really not your responsibility. I know. I've been told that so many times, but it's just like something in me that's just like, I don't know. It just like hurts me so much. Oh, and then there's the other thing that my mom. So now it's to the point where we do speak because they got so like they lost their daughter and they missed me. Mm-hmm. And my dad started like sending me like for the first time in my life, I started getting like kind messages and he just like, it's like we haven't talked in forever. And it's like I was going through so much. I, I, I was like, my life is like so dramatic. And I was actually in the ER at the time. Like, why? Why do all the things have to like happen at the same time? And it's like after my dad hadn't talked to me in like a year. And it's just like, he's like, I miss you. I hope everything's going all right. And I'm in the ER. I think I'm dying. And it's like, I had a a critical accident. And I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, uh, and he doesn't know about this yet. So if he's listening to this, (laughs) that happened. Um, yeah. And it's just like, I'm in the ER and it's like, I want to get out of the ER and I have so much like PTS in the ER, a PTSD in the ER. And I was in the ER and then I received a text message from my dad. He's like, I miss you. I hope everything's going right. I hope uh, you're taking care of your health. <laughs> I'm in the ER. <laughs> and I'm Jeez. like, oh. 
Does it give you anxiety thinking that they might listen to this? No, because I'm I'm going to edit out what I need to. Like anyone can hear this because no one knows me on your podcast. It's all fine. Well, you're gonna share it, so you're gonna share this on your yeah. Podcast. But my dad is he's not going to. It's just who he's a doctor. He's not going to go in the show notes. Go to your podcast, find the episode, listen to the episode. It's just not gonna happen. It's pretty yeah. safe. You also don't have to link me to it, and I can just not. I want to link you to it because I want I want my people to follow you. So I mean, subscribe, however it works in the podcast. But no, it's fine. Like it's it's too far. Like even when I'm trying to get him to pay attention to something, he won't pay attention to something. So it's like he's not going to go on this whole like mystery hunt, um, and find this like jewel, and he's going to be like, ha! Now I know the truth. It's like, um. (laughs) <laughs> like at that point it's like wow you went through so much trouble but um yeah so anyway my life is so climactic so my life right now with my parents is like oh yeah and that's kind of why i kind of can't kind of won't kind of will not separate from my relationship except especially my mom because my mom right now is to the point i mean she's always I don't know. Like you never know what I don't. I never know like what mom I'm gonna like speak to on the phone. Like when she talks, oh yeah, she could be in like her manic. She could be completely depressed. She can be like anything. Bipolar. Yeah, sometimes she's like, it's like the thing that breaks my heart the most is like the meanest things my mother has said to me. She has like. She just absolutely, like, when I told her, I'm like, yeah, mom, and then you said that, like, no one's going to love me again. And she's like, hot? I said that? Like, oh, wow. So she doesn't it, even she really know. she breaks her heart because, like, <laughs> I told her, um, I was like, mama, I got on a vegan dating website. I'm going to find love in my life. And she's like, <gasps> and then like. <laughs> a vegan dating website that exists? Of course it does. Who are we going to date? Like, well, we can't deal with, like being in a household with like eating meat like it's just a problem and so they they came up with it so it's called wait for it veggie connection (laughs) no (laughs) veggie connection connection. shout out it's very dysfunctional it has many technical errors and it's very not user friendly but well vegans we gotta do something um mm. Wow. But yeah, so I told her, I'm like, Mama, I got on a vegan dating website. And I'm like so happy. And I'm like, I'm going to find love. Um, Couldn't you just use like a regular dating website and then just say that you're vegan? It's so hard because then people are just like, oh, yeah, I'd totally be up to going vegan. And it's like, oh. Ugh. And I'm like, oh. And so you it, just don't just trust too- it. And also it's like with the vegan dating websites, like it's kind of like a filter because like with other, you just get all sorts of stuff. From all sorts of people. And it's like, even with... <laughs> I'm on this thing called <laughs> spiritual connections. And it's really unfortunate because it's like everybody... I get a lot of mail. But like <laughs> most of them are just really old. Like really old. But oh, anyway, like old men? Very old men. Like, Looking for a sugar... And sugar just baby like, or to be a sugar you daddy. Want, you don't want uh, <laughs> you don't you don't want to mess with those like young guys. You want a real man. And I'm like, mm, I don't no, think wow. so. I don't it's, think so. It's a good line. I've got trauma <laughs> against that. No. Um. Then yeah, no. It's just like uh, no. They're just like really, and they're like, 
and we'll build you a fantasy and we can live in a garden and you can paint and I'm like "Uh, no um that sounds like my childhood um there's always strings attached strings attached no it's like it's just like laughable and it's like some some people are just like yep and i need your number and i need your i'm like uh <laughs> no um but anyway uh, yeah, veggie creepy uh, creepy people tell me about there. it it's like you're having a bad day and then you get like that in the mail and you're just like <laughs> day just got worse it comes in the mail uh it comes in my email oh no gotcha. it's like, wait how do they have your address <laughs> my mailbox would be i mean i'd be recycling every day i get like 20 30 like a day yeah i don't know why Jeez. something about my profile and they just like it anyway so um <laughs> huh, it's so super honest it's like i deal with issues i like, i don't know why why do you like that i guess there's a picture of me and my art but i mean then anyway uh so i tell my mom i'm like I got on a vegan dating website and um and I knew it was gonna be friction because my my mom and you know religious issues like there is no such thing as dating what do you mm. mean you're dating you're a Muslim um and, uh, yeah I know nothing about that yeah we'll get into that um but yeah it's just you might have to save it for another episode maybe <laughs> maybe I'm trying to like this has been a juicy very, episode very I want to talk, I would love to have a separate conversation with you on another episode about the religious similarities and differences. Okay. Because that would hey, be Hey, hey, okay. So for the next episode, we can talk about the woman trauma that has to do with the religious thing and it has everything to do with the religious thing. Yeah. But this is just all about everything that went wrong in Safa's life, I guess. Yeah, um, but more than that, like I want to... how to be happy. How to be happy inside of problems. Yeah. You know, because everybody has problems and you're always going to. Yeah. And like, that's why I like the title of this podcast, Ambitious, <laughs> because I think it's important to remember that even though your life might be littered with problems and trauma and triggers it's still possible to be happy for and it's, sure and it's like an ambitious thing to try and seek that and i think that you do a really good job at that like by having I a podcast that. Like, called I don't... like the your bright corner or your bright pot what is it my positive my pocket? positive pocket i was thinking of my sister's old twitter handle my bright corner i think is my called. bright corner but yeah so your that. positive pocket and and i think that that's what i want to focus on is like how to be yes how to be happy how How to to be happy in hardships you know because yes because i think i'm all about hardships i love them because very familiar with them very um (laughs) have a lot of them but it's like hardships are like presents like honestly they're so hard to unravel but when you get to the core it's like it just changes you forever and honestly like i mean everyone's life it's like your life is your story my life is mine and like whenever we're reading a storybook we love a good story with a plot twists and hardships Mm -hmm. and all these terrible things that happen it's like oh it's so interesting it's so like those are the books that you really delve into but when it happens to you Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like uh uh-uh. uh, not me, not me. Just in the books, not me. Push but it it's away. Like, Don't talk about it. It made your life so much more interesting and so much more depth and changed who you Gives are. Gives it flavor. Like honestly, <laughs> our lives would be 
kind of creepy if everything just went according to plan everything was just smooth everything goes smoothly everyone's happy it would be kind of like scary and robotic and there would be no emotion everything would just be bland happy and it would just be awful like to live in a year where it's just like I mean, it would be like a like a dystopian kind of creepiness where it's like everything's going too right. Um, and it's really amazing that things can go wrong or, you know, quote unquote, air quotes wrong because it just makes your life so much more interesting. Well, I think that the negative and the darkness help you to appreciate the, exactly. the light and the positive exactly. times. Exactly. I mean, I think my life is like a miracle right now because where I've so been. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything this is the part where it gets good um yeah but i mean like if there were no like if it was just good all the way straight it's like be kind of lame and we get kind of bored you know and you wouldn't be able to appreciate the things that are going right i know for real well i think that your story is fascinating <laughs> i think you're very brave for Some coming on it. the podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah i appreciate your time thanks for making the drive out yeah it's don't forget to turn on your Headlights. Headlights on the way home. Headlights. Driving in the dark. <laughs> I've yeah. gotten pulled over for that. I'm not surprised. Hmm. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Safa. I appreciate your time. I think you're very brave. And yeah. I think we should do another episode where you come back yeah. on and talk about the religious differences I and similarities. I would love to invite... My, I was going to invite myself to another episode anyway, but I'm so happy you did it first. So, yes, yes I accept the invitation. I'd yeah, love we'll make to it hang happen. out again because I need to work on that. Yes. Make yes. friends. Eh. Go outside. <laughs> get some vitamin D. Oh, I get plenty of that. But just like don't, I don't know. I talk to everyone, but it's like I don't actually like just, hey, let's go somewhere together. Yeah, you got to like drop in. I know. I do. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me.